Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. Our identity is not with the world, but it is with the kingdom of God. So we cannot think like the world, we can't speak like the world, we can't do things like the world, or like the age. We cannot do what's going on in popular out there. We just simply cannot do that. And we see that, uh, we've discussed that already in, uh, in our minister's uh, meeting that we have Wednesdays, that we see that a young generation is rising up that has quite a different idea of even work. We're not sure where this comes from, but we see it from gaining a lot of popularity. It would lead towards communism. It's quite obvious that it's, I don't have to do much, but I expect much from everyone else. It's an identity of the age. And sometimes I believe that Satan flushes out. And I believe in the, Bible, in the in book of Revelation, it talks about a spirit that comes out and an angel, it says, goes forth and a third of the heavens or the third of the earth is affected by it. And I believe we're living in a day and age where there's a, 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 some kind of a spirit that has been pushed out and it's been trying to affect all of us. And especially in the young generation, I'm seeing that. So let's be careful that we do not have our eyes on the age, but on the identity of who Jesus is. You understand me? Do you know you can get caught in that really, really quick? This is the reason I warn against movies and watching what the world offers, because you will start losing those things that God has instilled upon you because it becomes popular in you. It becomes a common thought of you. You continue to think and you approve of it because you get entertained by it. So I see these kinds of things that can be extremely dangerous. I'm not saying all movies. I understand what I'm saying. I say all secular movies. I warn against them because you'll become that. I don't want to identify with the actors. I don't want to identify with Hollywood. I want to identify with Jesus and the saints. The saints. That's where my identity is because of He is my Savior. He is my rock. He is my deliverer. He is all of the above. He is all of that. He is completely my Savior. And so my identity is with Him. And I'm not comfortable with the rest. And that's honest. That's being honest. Let's read this again. And be not fashioned like the age, but be transfigured. How do you get transfigured? By the renovation of your mind. Let the mind be renovated. Tear down some of the old walls. Tell, tell, uh, tear down some of the old agreements that you've had. Tear some of the things that you've approved with in the world or in the age. Tear it down by the power of the Word of God. Because the natural mind thinks this way. That you may approve so that we have an approval of that which is good and agreeable and completely in the will of God. That is how it's done. Now, if you choose to live different than that, you'll have different results. Not just dollars to it. You will not have both. You'll only have the one. And so we identify with Christ. We identify with Jesus as being our Redeemer, our Lord, our Savior, our Master, and everything that we do now is subject to Him. That's my identity. 
I want to look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment, identity. I look at this picture, and it looks really interesting. Verse 12, And he saith unto him, Friend, Ah, he was a friend. He was a friend to Jesus. Somehow, somehow he was a friend to Jesus. Jesus knew him, and he said, You're a friend. I know you as a friend. Friend, how comest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Why was he speechless? Because he didn't know he didn't have a wedding garment. He did not know. Don't tell me that this man here was somebody that knew he didn't have a wedding garment. He knew he didn't, but he thought he could sneak in. No, I, because that wouldn't make you speechless. If I would be invited into unto your wedding, and I would come with torn clothes, and what is not expected of me in the world I live in today, and even the culture around me, but I would come in, and somebody would approach me immediately and say, Huh, my friend, why did you come in here? Why didn't you dress up to come here? I would immediately tell you, this is the reason I didn't. I was at work. I didn't want to miss it. I was this, I was this, I did, because I'm aware of it. But when I become speeches, I didn't... I thought I was okay. So it appears to me that he saw the outside looked somewhat same. But there was something found on the inside that made him speechless. In hither, not having a wedding garment, and he was speechless. Verse 13. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. There's many people that are called, but there's only a few that are chosen. And one thing is, you have to have a wedding garment. That is your identity. My identity has to be, I have to have the wedding garment for the marriage supper of the Lamb, the marriage feast, the marriage feast, the eternal feast. Again, it's the parameters that we get to when we get there. There is a way to get in. It's through Jesus Christ. And that gives us a wedding garment, which is, has to do with the righteousness of God. So this man here might have been dressed same. I don't know. But he was dumbfounded. He was speechless. He couldn't believe. I thought I looked right. I thought I had it right. But there was some major thing missing. What? It was an identity thing. He did not identify with his master. He did not identify with the God he believed in. He did not identify with the Jesus that saved him. And he looked different. He was surprised. He thought he was dressed for the wedding. Acts chapter 4 verse 16, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done. This is again changing gears and talking about something different. Notable miracle hath been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, this was the disciples. There was a miracle that happened, and people were upset. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no man in this name. Somehow there was... A miracle that happened. And these disciples, when they came to pray or to work with somebody that needed a miracle, they simply said, and they got in trouble. Miracles happened. 
And so somehow the Sanhedrin, they were concerned that this thing doesn't spread on because this is getting out of hand. We don't believe in miracles. That would simply say that there is a God that is superior to anything that we believe. There is this Messiah supposedly is obviously the God that we talk about, that the prophets have talked and spoken about. Obviously this is who this is. But you know what? We'll let you do what you just did. We're not going to put you in prison for this. We only ask you one thing. One place they beat him up. And they, they hurt him. They put a lot of, inflicted a lot of pain upon them as a punishment and told them that to let him go. But there's one thing we ask you to do. Don't go in the name. Don't use the word name of Jesus. Don't use that name. Just stop using that name. Verse 18. They called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Now let me ask you this question. Do you think that if the disciples quit using the name of Jesus, miracles would have gone on? Nope. Mm -mm. Because they would have lost their identity with him. You see, the things that you and I do in life have to have an identity, and the identity has to be with Jesus, or it will not have the power of heaven in it. And there are so many Christians that try to live this kind of a life. We want to identify with something else, whether it's a culture, whether it's a personal belief that you have, whatever it is, a hang-up or anything. But when you don't use the word or the name or identify with the name of Jesus, you'll be powerless. It's just the way it is. There is importance in the identity. So when I look in your life, if I would bring you in front of an inspection table that would be as strong as the inspection, inspection judgment seat of Christ, and I'd see how much of Jesus is your identity. It wouldn't be very hard for me to make a decision whether you're with him or not. But when I cannot find Jesus in you, when I cannot find the identity in you or in me, if God cannot see that in us, it's not going to be a very difficult decision for him who is sheep and who is goat. Because the sheep are led. They're led, what? By the voice of the master, the voice of Jesus. My sheep know my voice, they move, they respond to me. So we can say a lot of things about Jesus. We can gloriously talk about deliverance. We can talk a lot about a lot of different things. That Jesus did this and Jesus did that. But you know when it comes down to where you stand today. Where is my standing today? When has Jesus last been the one that has done something in my life? Maybe changed the conviction. Maybe did a miracle or things of this nature. Changed something in me. Took my wicked heart and again changed it because I did wicked things. I did things that were wrong. Things that were against the word of God. And identify it with the age rather than with the kingdom of God. It's important that we have the identity with God. Maybe there's complaining. Maybe there's things and things that might come out of your mouth that is not according to the word. Maybe there's some fellow person that you're working with, and however it is, and you just have a strong dislike for each other. It's not Jesus, the identity. And when you look in on the scene, I remember some years ago, there was a man that I was standing right in front. One of them was a professing Christian, very much so. He was actually a preacher. And the other one was not even a believer. And the two had a little argument. And it didn't take me very long. And I turned right around and I talked to both of them. And I said like this, 
I said, I understand that I'm younger than both of you, but what I'm looking for is I'm trying to hear which one of you has Jesus. This happened to both of my brother-in-laws, to be honest with you. Maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't have said that. But they were in a, they had a little thing going, and it was getting pretty strong. So I just said like this, that I would say if there's anybody that would have an identity with Jesus, the one that doesn't have Jesus. He wasn't mad. The other one was really mad, the one that had the identity. What do we identify with? You understand what I'm saying? If somebody is around you, do they sense that you have an identity with Jesus? Do they identify that you are part of his kingdom? Or is there an attraction everywhere else but him? This will not change between here and when we get there. The importance of the identity of the name that we have and who I am. Remember now, there's people that take your name, they've all done that to you, and they've tried to destroy that name and tried to put other seals on you. But they can never do that. You're still that person. You are still a person with the identity of all the history and experience that is written and engraved in you. All the decisions, all the correct things you've done and the wrong things you've done. That is a part of history on you, and your name is sealed in that. Now, I also understand that when we make mistakes, we do have somebody in the identity side, which his name is Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And he is a propitiation for my mistakes. And he will tell me, and he will, again, erase things off of my list that at one time were there. If I surrender and ask and acknowledge, he will do that. That's part of what the blood of Jesus is all about. Let's go on here. Why is the name of Jesus so powerful? They commanded them that they would... Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.